Warning. Explicit content. Listener discretion is advised. Hi, I'm Scott David Chase. This is my truth. Tell me yours. On this episode, uh, I talked to Marissa Companion. I Marissa is someone that I've known for um, several years now. We actually used to share a group art space together in the Wrong Brain Studios in the, I believe it was the second location that Wrong Brain was located in, uh, in Dover, New Hampshire. But um, Marissa is a painter and we talk about some new work she has and, you know, how she's been dealing with 2020 and all of its uh, uh, challenges. And uh, yeah, it was great uh, talking to Marissa again. I had her on this podcast a, a couple years ago. I think it was either the first or the second season, but I'm pretty sure it was the first season of this. And, uh, you know, very unprofessional of me to not look up and tell you right away which episode it was. But you can, if you enjoy this chat, uh, you can can uh, go back and and investigate our previous conversation. Um, But yeah, I hope you enjoy my talk with Marissa Companion. I, um, I mean, normally, I know on a lot of podcasts, they get all the Hey, how's it going? Out of the way, but that's all. That's all part of the fun here yeah. on. This is my truth. Tell me yours. I like your uh, Black Panthers T-shirt. Um, Thank you. Where'd you get that? Um, it's actually this um, art artist-run space that's out of uh, Philadelphia, yeah. and they make different T-shirts, and um, it goes to help like Black Lives Matter. So I got this, and it's like one of their designs that they make. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. I uh, I spent about ten minutes this morning being very frustrated because, you know, I had I had a, a friend who I know in real life who posted a um, denounce you know denounce uh, white power um, uh, Facebook challenge, which I didn't even know was a thing, but whatever. And then of course a couple people that she knew were like, well, actually, and. You know, so I started to comment and I was like, you know what, I'm just I'm not going to win this fight if (laughs) if at this point. Well, it's not even a fight so much as like I'm not I'm not going to change their minds um, and they're not even people I know. They're, you know, uh, not not that I feel like we shouldn't work to change that, but it's also. There's only so much emotional energy and it's better used in other ways. So I just had to kind of remind myself from that. I'm like, doesn't matter just because, this, you know, I'm letting this person get me mad and upset. And I, I've never met this person and probably slash hopefully we'll never meet them. So, yeah, no, I that sounds awful. It's very frustrating dealing with people that um, for some reason can't understand what it's like to be someone that is oppressed or dealing with any kind of issues they just the lack of empathy is is really awful um yeah i find that very difficult myself to deal with anybody i have a friend that um is kind of in that situation that I've known since I was in seventh grade. And it's really hard to navigate that space because we're not really, we haven't really been friends as a result. She never was like that before. She married someone that is like that. So now it's kind of um, changed her whole outlook and is 
she's much more racist and it's really awful. Yeah. So I don't, I don't really know how to deal with it. Um, I try to communicate with her how I feel, but there's only so much you can do. Like yeah. you said. Yeah. It's, it's weird. Cause you know, I, you know, obviously naively assumed, you know, I mean, both of us being artists and like, I surround myself with a lot of artists, you know, of all different, uh, disciplines, you know, uh, painters, dancers, uh, musicians, so on and so forth. And someone that I haven't known for a long time, but I really thought was similarly like-minded that I, that I know in real life again, who posted something about, you know, how, uh, the Black Lives Matter movement and the Antifa movement were really anti-American and it just, it really struck me. I mean, I didn't even, I haven't even said anything to her. I, I actually see her where I work probably once a week and you know, my initial shock was, well, I, or my initial thought was, I hope it doesn't come up because I don't want to have this conversation and I'm like, well, that's that's lazy on my part. Um, yeah. So I'm trying to think of, I because I don't want to react uh, emotionally in the moment. I'd rather you mm-hmm. know figure out how I want to address it, uh, not just in anger, but right. but say hey, I you know you posted this and I was disappointed and here's why, or maybe even not framing it that way. But it's just, but it's also one of those things that. I'll be at work and I'm not even supposed to engage in those conversations. That's sort of the, you know, the, yeah, it's kind of, that's, that's a complicated space to have that kind of a conversation in, but it isn't, it is an important conversation to have. And like you said, to kind of be void of the emotional response, but that's also really difficult because we're talking about people's lives. Sure. So it's like really difficult to come into that without emotional, um, reaction um and i think sometimes having the emotional side isn't always a bad thing to have because sometimes that shows you know your passion towards this cause that's to really equate equality i mean these are things that should have been part of the human race like a long time ago right right (laughs) like why is it and I know, like, the United States isn't the whole world, obviously, um, but it is still something that we deal with every day and, and to be more aware of these type of things and to try to be more conscientious. And I'm not devoid of it either. I mean, it's one of those things that we have to practice in our own lives and in ways that we um, do microaggressions without even realizing right. it. It's so it's it's tough because it's built into our behaviors and and our system and our education and it's something that we almost have to just work at trying to break yes um but yeah i think i think the most important thing is yeah not every day is going to be a winning battle right so it's like you have to just keep moving forward like you can't give up on the cause like it may not be great one day but you just don't give up on it and to me it it's it goes beyond it's it's more than even just that it's like it's a lot of different battles that are happening yeah at once well and i find myself um these days having the 
you know, the conversation in my head when I discover, you know, someone that I know in my actual life, uh, because at this point, people I only know digitally that, um, you know, and and it is totally fine to have a difference of opinion about something. But like you said, these are fundamental human rights. And there are certain things that, you know, I draw a line at more morally that I'm just like, well, if you disagree on me, you know, disagree with me on this. I, I don't want you in my life. You know, I, I don't wish any ill will upon you, but that's just fundamentally morally where we can't can't be in each other's lives. And so with people that I only know digitally, when I when that's come up, I'm just that's very easy to remove right. th- those people yeah. from my life. It gets dicier when it's people who I know in real life, because, yeah, you can right. you know unfollow or block or whatever. But at the end of the day, they are people that sometimes I'm going to see and I'm, you know, trying to decide which of these relationships is worth emotional energy to try and um, voice and which ones are worth it to or, or not worth it. And I should just sever ties with. So, right. you know, and I'm sure there's a lot of that going around in the country right now. Yeah, I mean, I think. I think it goes um, into other areas too, like um, fat phobia. Like I think that's such a horrible thing that we have dealt with as a society for so long. And I get really frustrated when I see people make comments like that on different posts or whatever, you know, about anything. Yeah. Or they just a joke about it. And it's like, these are people's bodies and it's okay to have your body be whatever it is because it's the body and right. that's what matters that it's healthy and of itself and people get to choose how they live their bodies and this to me is also i connect this also to how i feel about dealing with chronic illness and my and my own experience with chronic illness and i feel like it's the same type of thing it's like it's your body you're allowed to experience it how it is it's not Yes, there's going to be issues sometimes, but that's what it was. What it means to exist, right? Like part of that is existence. Is this kind of turmoil of of trying to negotiate what it means to be alive, right? So, like, I find it. I just. I wish that I wish that um, there could be more empathy on a lot of ways, but I think we're getting there in some ways, and I'm hopeful. And I think definitely doing the work with people, even like say with my friend who um, has kind of uh, gone the other way as far as not being accepting of others, I still see it as a potential. Like I could do some kind of work with it, but it's like you said, it's like do you feel like you mentally can handle it at that moment? Like, Mm. do you need to do that right then? It's like, if you can't, there's not this obligation where you need to do that at the moment. But if you feel like you can, then I feel like it's your responsibility. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, I mean, also like the mental health aspect of it. If you can't, if you're not in a good place, it's probably not a good time for you to have that conversation. Sure. (laughs) Sure. And, you know, I don't know if I don't know if you've experienced this in the past six months. Um, you know, uh, yeah, I, and I'm I'm curious what what your existence has been like in the past six months. But for, <laughs> uh, I mean, that's the thing that I've been asking. You know, a lot of people that I know that I've been talking. You know, because every obviously 
this is a weird year. And that's, you know, yeah. the understatement uh, of all time. But, um, you know, struggling with mental health and depression issues myself, I know a lot of times, you know, when I'm having a bad day, um, there are certain people who know me well, who pick up on differences in mood, you know, you know, um, behavior, even like, you know, just subtle things. And not that it's, uh, you know, and sometimes I'm not even aware that I'm putting these things out there, but a lot of times people will check in with me and it certainly helps. But I also know I do the same for other people sometimes. And I think because literally every, you know, cognizant adult in the world right now is dealing with some form of catastrophe and trauma. I think a lot of the people who typically would pick up on others just aren't. And it's not, I don't think it's a conscious decision, but I think they've just got so much going on in their own lives that stuff slips through. I know that's happened for me with some people that, you know, we're, we're hoping to get some, some help from me. And I've had to have, you know, conversations where I'm just like, Hey, I'm really sorry that, you know, I wasn't there for you. Um, and you, you know, you're feeling let down. Um, but this is what I've got going on, not as an excuse, but to kind of explain. And, and so much of it's just exhaustion, emotional exhaustion at the end of the day that like sometimes stuff that I would spend a lot of time addressing with someone, I'm just like, I don't have the energy for this right now. So. Absolutely. Um, well, I mean, I, this whole experience has been really weird for me in a different way than I think maybe other people, but yeah. So basically in March I had, um, I don't know if I, I don't think I told you, but I had another brain bleed situation with my tumor. Gotcha. I was really a mess because it happened exactly at the same time as everything was going on with stay at home orders Mm. and the virus. Um, I wasn't sure Basically, for like three months, I wasn't doing much. I had to just kind of stay at the house and um, try to keep my brain from bleeding, more or less, yeah. the tumor from bleeding. So I, my eyes were going crazy. They were like shutting and opening and not quite working right. And like my body wasn't quite working right. And it, it was really kind of quite hellish because not only was I going through that at the state but I also couldn't really go anywhere because of coronavirus. So I was really not only trapped in my house, but trapped in my own body. Yeah. Um, but I luckily was able to get to a place where my body somehow was able to sort of heal itself. I don't, that's never happened in one of these instances. Usually I always end up having to go into like a serious surgery, like a, you know, five to nine hour crazy surgery. But luckily this time I didn't have to, yeah. um, which is like a miracle in of, a, of itself. Um, so yeah, it was extremely traumatic. Um, and I think I, I just went crazy with art making for a long time because I, I was reading somewhere too that a lot of people that are going through trauma, it induces um, like a creativity inside the person it makes them more 
wanting to create. It's like a way of releasing trauma. So I just went nuts. And it was sort of the only way I had control because I felt like I had such lack of it. Yeah. I had to do something. I had to latch on to some, some kind of thing. And through art making and, and giving having people's stories come through in paintings or trying to tell other people that deal with chronic illnesses stories became really vital to me as like a purpose of existing. Cause right at that point I was trying to think like, what is, what is my purpose of existing? Because when you're, when you're struggling with like, I don't know if I'm going to live through this or I'm not, you really latch on to like, why, why am I here? Because that's really going to give you the momentum to keep going and keep living. Mm. Because as soon as you start giving up when you're going through something, it's, it's just as bad as, you know, as not having the means to get by as far as the health, like this, the medicine or something, because you need that momentum, that, that reason to live. Yeah. So that, Sort of what I, that's kind of in a nutshell what happened. I mean, there's a lot more to it, but I think, yeah, it was just, there was a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, um, you know, I don't, I knew that there had been, you know, and this is mostly through your, you know, Instagram posts and stuff. I knew that there had been, uh, something health wise, um, that was going on earlier in the year. And then, um, I had seen a ton of work from you in the past, you know, uh, four or five months, which, um, I mean, I love your, your paintings anyways, but, um, it just seems like you were just not, you know, cranking stuff out at a much, much, uh, I mean, and you're, you're, paintings in general tend to be larger than, um, the ones that I do, but you're also, you're, you've got a, a meticulousness to your work that like, um, just blows me away. So like just the fact that you, you know, produced so many pieces, I was just like, wow, she's just cranking stuff out right now. But <laughs> that, that makes, that makes a lot of sense. Um, it's funny because that was, uh, you know, I can certainly relate to the whole, creativity and trauma thing. I, um, not, not that I had anything even close to, you know, what, uh, what you had going on, but, um, just the last, you know, six, eight weeks have been pretty dark and I've had just this, a whole lot of inspiration and drive to just, you know, keep making art. And, um, I love that. yeah. So I'm just like, well, I've got this at least. So I'm going to keep riding it as long, you know, cause sometimes I go through periods where, I don't have any inspiration and don't have any drive to do it. I still force myself to do it, but you know, oftentimes it's not every day. And right now, um, it's, it's every day sitting down doing something and, you know, working on a couple of series and yeah, so I can certainly relate to that. Yeah. I mean, I think in the beginning too, it, you know, I think that's, that's important. It doesn't matter how much you're doing. It's just, I think at that point, I was just um, latching on to something. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I've slowed down a lot more now because now I'm kind of... I mean, there's still some moments I'm having issues with one of my eyes lately and some other stuff going on. But 
um, trying to figure out if I have like lupus or some other, I don't even know, an autoimmune thing. And I'm just like, it's, it's all, I mean, it's just stuff I'm trying to figure out. But what I'm trying to say is I think it's okay to go at different speeds. I mean, there was times when I was first getting back into it, I was just drawing in my sketchbook as like a way to just do something. And it really just helped me just feel more like myself, feel like more I have control over what I'm creating, what I'm feeling through my images. Yeah. I think that's great that you're, you're using that as a means. I mean, I always felt like you did that with your work too. Like I always felt like your work was very personal. Like it was very motivated by your feelings as well. Um, and I always enjoyed that about the portraits that you do. Cause they just, they feel very like this, this deep need to connect with others yeah. to understand other people's experiences. And I always liked that about your work. Um, Thanks. Appreciate that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, it, I was, you know, last night looking back at some of some of your more recent work, some of the ones that are um, they're they're showing this month, right? You have a show up this month. I have a few different things. Yeah, I had um, Ron Brain. I was doing a show there that's um, called. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> Pieces of Immortality. So it's from my project Immortal. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just that's some of the paintings from that project. And then I have a, um, a show that's at the uh, Berkshire Art Association in Pittsfield, Mass. I have it's the work is called The Four Saints of Chronic Illness During the Time of COVID. So it's all different people that I'm closely knit to that deal with chronic illness. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just really obsessed with trying to honor some of these friends I have because I've, you know, we've been kind of connecting with each other on Instagram and other ways like Facebook and stuff like people I've known for a while. Some people I haven't known as long, but just communicating with each other, supporting each other because they have been going through some serious hell during this whole pandemic as well. And the same kind of feeling of being trapped in their bodies. And I really wanted to kind of highlight some of these folks and say, Hey, like these are amazing people. These are people that, you know, don't get enough credit for what they've done to help others and to, um, help themselves. And, it's just to me that just seemed like it's important to highlight people in your community that really make a difference. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. It it made me very, um, curious and interested because a lot of your, um, a lot of your artwork, um, that's been very striking. It, It has been autobiographical. Um, and a lot of it, you know, uh, documenting, you know, your own, uh, journey with with health and chronic illness and so it was interesting because i was like oh this person's that's not marissa um (laughs) so uh, i mean you know and uh i was like oh i you know i wonder what what kind of brought this on i mean not that not that any artist is locked into one particular thing um and you know your the stuff that you've done um with your own uh journey has been varied as well, but it was just, you know, that struck me 
right off the bat. I was like, oh, I, this is not a face that's familiar to me. I'm, I'm, I'm curious okay. about that. So, yeah, that was cool. Oh, cool. Well, I'm glad to hear that. That, that means a lot. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm still doing, I've been doing some more recently, some autobiographical stuff. Uh, I'm also going to be doing some more portraits of other folks as well, um, more pertaining to like healing um, and different ways of healing and self-love. But I think um, with those portraits are just, they're really emotional for me. I think it's hard. I think I have to always remind myself because when I was doing photography, because my background is more in photography. Sure. I don't know if I told you that. But like I studied photography for my graduate degree at, at Cal Arts, and I used to always get really connected and close to the people I would photograph. I photographed a lot of other people, like mm. mainly, and um, I never knew if people felt that when they looked at the pictures. When they were, and I feel the same way about the paintings that I have to remind myself that I have this really close love for these folks that I've painted, but mm. I don't know if that comes across. And I'm always curious about how other people see the paintings because I I hope that there's some level of that, but I also understand they can never be at that level. Sure. Right? I, I definitely, I mean, for for me at least, I that was um, immediately evident. And it was interesting because there was, you know, one of the pi- pictures that sticks out in general, and I don't know how recent it is, but it was a woman with a child and it looked like, it was from a photograph and what struck me as I was like, if this was a photograph, it would probably be something that someone would, you know, just glance at and pass by, you know, if it was in an Instagram feed or a photo album, but the fact that it had been transformed into this portrait, um, it was, it's a moment in time that, uh, um, it was clear from, you know, I mean, your style, your style has a very, ethereal and otherworldly yet also at the same time familiar quality to it but it 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 makes it like it gives it a weight and importance that i feel like maybe the photograph wouldn't have immediately been apparent to the viewer and it's just yeah it's it's definitely like no i i mean i i for one can sense you know there's there's great love and connection to the to the subject in those Thank you. Well, and I mean, that, that helps me kind of see through someone else's eyes, their experience with it. I know everyone has a different experience and whatever that is, is always valid. Cause whatever, um, you know, cause I'm post postmodern. Right. <laughs> so I'm always going to support all the different views that come around to work. Me and my husband always talk about that. He's like, he's very like, modernist and i'm just like oh get over it like nobody's been doing that for years you have to like allow other opinions to come in come on right but yeah no that's a um that's a painting of one of my friends from high school actually um jesse and her daughter Cece. and yeah i it that pa jesse i have a lot of emotional feelings about that painting because Cece, I just, I, she was just such a amazing child and, and she is an amazing child and just what she's had to go through. She had her own health issues and what, how that also affected Jesse too. Um, I don't want to like 
divulge too much sure. information about other people's lives. But I just feel like um, that connection of having seen her in high school and that experience of what that happens when you become a mother and where that goes, I just, I can't even imagine. I mean, I'm not a mother, so yeah. I don't really know just how that can really affect you, but I can see it. Yeah. And I think the respect of seeing it and loving a person for who they are is what was important to me with creating that piece. Mm -hmm. uh, you know. Yeah, it's a beautiful yeah. piece. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, even talking about it, sometimes I get emotional. Sure. <laughs> I get emotional talking about some of the paintings. I'm sure. Just like, uh, <laughs> some of them, like the, I did one of my friend Keen, um, and he is the one that's standing. I don't know if you remember the one, but he's like standing with his shirt off yep. and, and is dealing with some serious things right now. And it's just, you know, I just want so badly for my friends that are dealing with these things to to come pull through and i know they will yeah but it's just a matter of like i feel like if i can do anything to kind of help facilitate that i'm like on board <laughs> sure absolutely yeah um the um you know when you were talking about um you know the the brain bleed earlier and just kind of like your body healing yourself were you were you physically able to to do art during that period or, or was the the kind of burst of um initially no yeah yeah like how, i mean like how does that physically affect you um when that happens like i mean I, I i heard what you were saying about you know your eyes were opening and closing like um you know, what are you at? What are you physically able to do or not do at that at that point? At that point, I was like, not much. Yeah. I mean, for the first month or two, I really couldn't do anything. I was I was trying to sketch in my sketchbook a little bit. Um, I could walk, but I'd get really dizzy. I couldn't even walk down the street without yeah. getting. Um. Yeah, I really couldn't do much. I, I was watching TV and sketching if I could and hanging out with the dogs, like my little dachshund who hmm. I'm taking care of right now with his little heating pad because he's hurt. Oh, <laughs> buddy. Poor little dude. But he took care. He's my little nurse boy. Like, he took care of me. So, like, we kind of have this mutual nurse relationship. He takes care of me when I'm sick. Yep. He was there with me every single day, following me around, making sure I was okay, and just snuggling me. And so I do. I try to do the same for him when he gets hurt. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's my it was, it was really dark. I was really in a dark place. My husband really, he tried to help me as much as he could, um, and support me. I mean, my friends, they were also going through the thing is everybody was going through their own trauma because of what was going on with COVID. So it was like, you know, I couldn't really reach out to many people and I didn't really feel like I wanted to, cause I didn't want to subject them to more trauma. Sure. Um, it was very, it was very lonely. Um, Tim Tim helped, but and Crook, but I honestly it was. 
I mean, sometimes I would be watching the worst movies. Like, that was, like, a really, like, <laughs> the only way I could get through it. Like, I would watch, like, Beverly Hills Chihuahua. <laughs> <laughs> and that was, like, really helpful because it was so far-fetched from any reality I was existing in at that moment that it was, like, the one thing I could kind of grasp on. Or, like, watching ridiculous, like, I, I became obsessed with, like, really ridiculous, um, like, uh, investigation ghost shows. Yep. Like, I became, I was watching, like, the sci-fi, no, not sci-fi, Travel Channel constantly, because all they do is ghosts now. So, right. like, I was watching all of them, and they're just so awful that it was, it was just such an escape from the current reality I was in. Yeah. Like, I had to latch on to things that were really ridiculous. That was, like, a survival tactic for yeah. me. <laughs> Sorry, I've been not... There's, there's a single fly that's in my kitchen that keeps landing <laughs> on me while we're talking. And, uh, well, it's one of those things I've resisted taking the air conditioner out of my window, which last night I was like, I wish I had taken it out last night. But I... I I'm hesitant just because it's New England. I'm like, as soon as I take it out, we're going to have like an 80 degree day in like a week. But um, it's also like, it's weird. It's, you know, I'm not ready to take it out, but I'm also just about ready to break out the space heater because I have really primitive baseboard heaters in my apartment. So it's just at night, you know, last year I, I I haven't been in this apartment for a full year yet. And, uh, but I had a space heater going in the bedroom at night. So I don't know, like this, like the springtime, I, I I think this fall's going to be really short and winter's going to come pretty quick. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. But because I had the AC, in the window, there's, you know, little gaps in the corners. And I think that's how the fly got in. And, uh, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> it's my, my weird little artist hovel. <laughs> so when are the, how long are the, the two shows you currently have up through? Well, so the robbery show is technically over, but Sam is leaving it up until somebody else wants to i don't know i don't know exactly when sam's having another show go up but they are gonna let me know so i they said oh we'll just leave it up for now and i said okay so if you want to go and check it out you can right and that's in the wrong brain space in dover yes so who knows how long i'm, I'm gonna assume at least for probably a couple more weeks um and the one in the one in Birch, uh, the Berkshire Art Association said Pittsfield, Mass. It's a little further away, but if you live, if people live closer to there, um, that one's up all through uh, October to mid-November. So, okay, it's up for a while. And um, you were saying that you know some of these pieces are part of a much larger uh, work or show that you're working on. Well, that's a show that, it, yeah, well, kind of. It's it's part of this project called Immortal, um, and it's I am and then dot mortal because it's sort of like about the idea that, you know, immortality with creating an image or a painting, but also the fact that we are all mortal. So it's sort of this connection that chronic illness isn't something that just ails people that have it. It's every single person. Every single person, this is a relatable human experience of existing in a body. Yeah. 
So that's sort of the the gist of the idea behind the project and just the connecting to other folks that have experienced similar things as me that I'm friends with, um, creating that community. Um, no, I, I'm, I've been starting some new projects, but I, I do have a, a painting that's going to be up in New York. It's in the um, Vanderbust gallery it's um that's the one that you commented on one day i think but it's it's uh, which one it was the self-portrait yeah so that's that's another one that it's that's the separate thing altogether um that's a painting i did about me coming out as non-binary yep so it was like a response to how i was feeling with that um, yeah, it's a, that's an amazing piece. And, um, I, I'm probably wrong, but it's the first one that I remember where your sunflower tattoo is visible in the tattoo yeah, or no, in the painting. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure why well, I just decided I was ready to put it in. <laughs> it was one of those things that, um, you know, cause a lot of your, a lot of your um, work, particularly dealing with chronic illness, that I know are self-portraits are not necessarily um, evident right off the bat that they are you, um, um, particularly because your particular style, um, it's – I don't know how to describe it, but it like you can tell who the person is, but it's not – always necessarily like a hundred percent representative, you know, it's, it's, it's obviously through the prism of you, but, um, to me, that self-portrait almost felt more personal and intimate and, um, like a statement because of the tattoo more than the nudity of the self-portrait. It was just like, no, this is, this is who I am. Um, so that was just like, it was, it was a very powerful thing. I thought. That's interesting. I never thought about it like that. I think, yeah, I think a lot of my other self-portrait work, including new, um, new ones that I'm kind of working on now, I, I'm not always interested in making myself look exactly like me. Sure. Um, I think I'm, I get really into this grotesque form of myself, like the monster of myself mm -hmm. that I feel. Um, so that's why I, I tend to um, accentuate certain parts that are considered ugly right. within society's visuals. Um, but with that piece, I don't think I, I wasn't as interested in that. Mm -hmm. I was interested in telling a kind of different narrative yeah. that had more to do with accepting of myself, but also entrapment. Well, yeah, it was a beautiful piece. How how big is that painting? That's 30 by 30. Okay. So it's not as big as some of I've been trying to go a little smaller. I've been working on some, like, 14 by 11s. <laughs> yeah. Which, it's funny, because I know that that's smaller for you, and that's typically, for me, that that's, like, a little bit bigger than what I normally do. Like, I typically do, like you know, 12 by 12 or 14 by 16, but 14 by 16 tends to be the larger size. And I've done larger paintings. It's just, I tend to just by the very nature of my workspace, something that I can kind of 
hold in one hand and paint with the other. Um, yeah. For some reason, I just never feel com- – I'm and I have easels, but I never feel comfortable painting at an easel. It's something about just having the painting right right there in front of me. I, I, I can understand that. I think with the 14 by 11 paintings, I can do that a little bit more with them, and I enjoy that. Mm-hmm. Um, I – I think the reason I started getting into bigger paintings was because I was having issues with my eyes and seeing. So it was easier to see with the big paintings. And also, um, I kind of have to sit when I'm painting because I get so weak sometimes that I need to be able to sit down. And I can't really always... I know a lot of people stand with their easel, but I I really can't. Um, I also can't lift things for long periods of time. So it was more um, out of convenience with sort of what I was able to do less um, necessarily a hundred percent by choice of the material, which I'm trying to, I'm trying to expand on that. Like I've been using Craypaw underneath my paintings and I really like that method. And I'm trying to, I'm always trying new things. Like I'm always trying to move forward because I don't want to get, and I think out of going through all this stuff in March, I mean, I just feel like I moving forward has been like my main focus. Like mm. no matter what is going on, even if it's shitty, it's just so important to move forward, even if it's just a tiny bit. For sure. Well, and it's um you know trying to for you know for me trying to trying to draw at least the act of drawing every day even if I absolutely hate what I've done or don't feel like it's worth it. It is, it's taking the next step and keep, keep going, moving forward, as you said, and, but also just exercising those muscles. Um, even if we don't feel like they're getting a great workout that day, it is, you know, it's all working on it and, you know, it's cumulative, cumulative work over, you know, the lifetime of the artist. Absolutely. I think that's great. Um, I wish I, I, I should draw more. Like I'm a, I'm a decent painter. I would say my drawing is like, meh. Really? <laughs> my drawing. Yeah. It's okay. I got to draw a new drawing. Like, I don't even know. It's like all different techniques. And I'm just, I'm always trying to buff up certain things. Cause I'm like, Oh, this is not as good as it should be. Right. But I think that's what, I think that self-criticism, like you were saying where you're like, Oh, I don't, I don't, even if I don't like it, it's okay. And I think that's okay to not like stuff you do because it shows like, Oh, I, I don't like this, but maybe if I try this, it allows you to move forward yeah. by making those decisions instead of sitting in this, I don't know how I feel about it. It's better to just make that decision and then decide, okay, well then I'm going to do this. Right. And that's, that's a good thing. Yeah. Um, so when you do your paintings, do you not, do you sketch them out first or is it just, you just start putting uh, paint on canvas and. Oh no. Oh no. I sketch. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah, no way. I know people that do that. And I'm like, how do you, how do you do that? Yeah. I'm like, you guys are just, crazy no that's that's amazing i know i definitely sketch before what i do is i i actually sketch it out in pencil first and then i erase the pencil and then i cray pot all the areas because i just like the way that looks better and then i paint so i have like a whole like 
process. Sure, sure. <laughs> that goes into it. Yeah. Um, but I, I love the way the cray pot looks underneath it. It just really kind of, I don't know, it just, I don't know. There's something about it. I've never used that. I, I, I should, I should investigate. I should investigate. It was just something I tried. Yeah. And I was like, you know, I always see people drawing with Graypaw and I'm just like, I really need to just see how I feel about it. And then I just did it and I'm like, wow, it really like just builds, it kind of gives it more of a sculptural feel of the painting. And I, yeah. and I love that sculptural feel. So like, to me, it was, it was like no brainer. I'm like, yep, this is how, and then I got mad at myself. I'm like, why haven't I been using this full time? And I'm like, damn it. Yeah. But, you know, part of the process, like you said, you just have to know, like, oh, I don't like this, but now I like this. So it's just you learn. I'm also going to try. I've been planning. I haven't. It's really it's really been a slow process for me, but I really want to try to do a sculpture, like a clay sculpture. Yeah. Um, it's been a long time since I've actually really invested in doing a clay sculpture, but I'm going to try at some point. So I, I did a, I got a class on Udemy. Um, do you know Udemy? Mm -hmm. It's like, Oh, it's awesome. It's like this. Um, it's, so it's U D E U D E M Y. And they have like these classes that you can do. Um, and they're like, I think they're like between $10 and $60 and they have like a bunch of different art classes, etc. that you can take. So I'm taking a classical, um, sculptural figure class where I'm going to learn how to do like, you know, Renaissance style. Sure. Yep. You know, small one, but I'm still really excited because I'm like, this sounds scary, but I'm, I'm pumped. Yeah. <laughs> That sounds really cool. Yeah, that's um, th I know for me that that's something important is like, if an artistic thing, a, a new endeavor seems scary, I've just been like, all right, well, then I need to at least give it a try. Yeah. Because otherwise, you're just like you're limiting yourself, and like I don't know, like I felt like I've I lived so much of my life not doing stuff that was beneficial to me because I was afraid. And, right. You know, and it's like, A, it's okay to be afraid and B, like, sometimes the the worst thing that you're imagining does happen to you and it's not that bad. No. You know, and then you're like, oh, I was holding back because of this. Well, I, I'm fine. You know, I had a crummy day or a couple crummy days because of it and then I'm, I'm still here. So I'm going to keep trying things. So. Exactly. I, my husband showed showed me this website thing and I was like oh my god this is awesome so I I don't want to buy all the classes so right. I'm starting out small but I just and I know it's gonna I know it's not gonna be great right. you know like I that's the hardest part I think as an artist when you do something and you're like oh this is gonna suck but at the same time it's like you know you just gotta do it mm. and that's just how you can get better you just have to start like you said you gotta start somewhere and it's good to just have that experience, even if it is scary. It's better to just break out and try something new. And if you hate it and it's not your thing, then you just don't do it. Right. Like, I hate landscapes. I've tried. I've tried. And every time I do a landscape, I'm like, I hate this. I hate this. Right. <laughs> and I just can't get into it. Yeah. I'm like, I love looking at them. I love other people's landscapes. I hate making them. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the same way with landscapes. I just, I don't have any 
connection to them. And again, I love going out in nature. I love spending time in it, but it just, I don't know. It's something about, and you know, maybe that's because, you know, 90% of what I paint is either humans or animals. And there's definitely like a, a connection. Like there's a, there's a soul connection there. Whereas like, a landscape. I'm like, yeah, this is a chunk of the planet right here. Like, I, I, I don't have a connection to it. And I, I, yeah, exactly. And I feel so bad because it's like, I, I want to, I love nature. It's not that I don't like, I love being outside and I love spending time. Like I have to, I try to, um, you know, walk my dogs once a day and I really revel in having that time being outside and experiencing nature. It actually helps me a lot. Yeah. So like I appreciate nature. I just, some reason when I paint it, I get, I fall asleep. Like I, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, I get bored. Yeah. <laughs> nope. I can definitely relate. I also feel the same way about, um, doing like, you know, illustrations of buildings or, Anything mechanical that's, you know, like machines and stuff like that. I have a real difficult time. It's fine if it's in a larger work that has, you know, people or animals in it. But as far as like, you know, because I've had a couple people ask me to do like, you know, they're like, hey, will you paint this this spaceship or something? I'm like, <laughs> you're, you're asking the wrong artist. I'm like, yeah. you're not going to like it. I'm not going to like it. You're we're both going to feel like we wasted each other's time. No. I I don't know. I don't know. I feel I guess mechanical stuff. I'm not really sh- I never really got too into it. Uh architecture unfortunately or fortunately depending how you look at it. I, I do have like a little thing for it. Like I have a crush on architecture. <laughs> like, I, <laughs> there's moments where I'm like, mm, I'm going to mess with that. And right. I, I'm really doing a painting right now that kind of has a little bit of that. And I, I always end up going back to it because I like all the sh- obsession. I get obsessed with shapes and like creating lots of shapes within shapes within shapes. I mean, you probably can see that in a few of my paintings. Like I get really into boxing and yeah. like creating overlapping shapes. And um, I don't know. I don't know what that is. It's like it, it comes out every so often. Um I don't know. It's like flowers too. That's another thing that I'm like, mm, I don't usually do it, but every so often I get this little like thing for a flower yeah. and I'll just go, I really, but it's usually a flower within another context. Like it's, I don't usually do flowers by themselves, Yeah. but I, I always find certain things. They just come in and I can't, I don't let it go. I just I let them become whatever they need to. Yeah. Yeah. Flowers are something that, um, it doesn't come natural to me, but um, a lot of times I'll take reference photos of flowers, particularly where I work, where we sell flowers a lot. I, I, every once in a while, I'll walk by, um, especially more plants that have like a like weird geometric sh- patterns in them. I'm just like, oh, that's interesting, and then trying to recreate that because you know I started this series during during. Uh, quarantine and i've even though most people aren't technically quarantined now i'm still continuing it which is people wearing face masks because that was um i love trying to replicate patterns particularly you know because if you have a flat piece of fabric it's going to have a repeating pattern more often than not but once you put it on a three-dimensional surface someone's face it the folds do weird things to it and i i don't know like i love the 
the imperfection laid over the perfection of the, you know, the pattern and trying to replicate that. Yeah, I like I like that. I like the way you worded that. That's interesting. It's, it's an interesting joke. Laid over the the pattern. Yeah. The, yeah, I mean, that's that's interesting. I tried it. I did a um, I did a piece about two years ago. Uh, and it was a woman uh, kneeling and she had a plaid skirt on. And instead of trying to replicate the, you know, the lines um, go, moving with the folds in the skirt, I chose to illustrate it as a flat piece, which was in mm-hmm. contrast to the rest of it, which I liked the effect. But it has a very like, to me, at least like an unsettling uh feeling to it and i mean and i did it on purpose it did what i thought i was going to do but i was just like yeah i also feel like that was sort of lazy on my part i mean it was intentional but it was like ooh, this is going to be a lot of work trying to like replicate all the (laughs) all the curves so let me just do it do it flat and then uh so so since then i've been like all right well let's try and do some patterns and how they actually bend with the, the physical form huh yeah, I'd like to see that painting. You'll have to send that to me. Yeah, I'll, now. I'll I'll have to dig and uh, I'll I'll send it to you. Cool. So, anything else artistically uh, going on uh, in your near future? Um. Yeah, I mean, I I'm gonna be just I'm just working on a bunch of different things. Some self portraits. This weird house painting I'm doing um and I'm going to be doing some portraits of of some people I'm close to or and some people I'm not as close to but are part of my community mm-hmm. that deal with uh, healing and, and learning to love themselves so some different paintings about that is what's going to be coming up um I mean in the meantime I've I've been just you know, listening to different books and trying to go to different places and experience different things so I can take in more information. Right on, right on. And if, you know, if someone's either not able to to leave the house right now to check out either of those shows or live in it different, uh, you know, proximity to us and wanted to see your stuff online, um, like what's your what's your Instagram handle? It's um, Miss Marimar, so it's M I S S M A R I M A R underscore. Yep. So that's my that's my Instagram. Do you have uh? Do you and then yeah? Go ahead. I have a website. It's MarissaCompanion dot com. So it's M A R I S A C O M p-a-n-i-o-n.com yep are you on are you on twitter i'm not on twitter i'm on instagram and i do have a facebook one too but i don't really keep up with it so probably the instagram and my website i do keep up with my website too so cool very cool well it was nice catching up with you yeah, it was nice. Yeah, and thanks for uh, thanks for taking the time to talk to me. And uh, yeah, I'm always always excited to see you know what you're working on, see new works. Uh, definitely one of my favorite artists. Uh, 
both that oh. both that I know and just in the world in general. That's so sweet. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thanks, God. Yeah. You're so sweet. <laughs> well, cool. You're like one of the nicest people I know, for sure. Oh, well. I definitely am <laughs> very easy to talk to. Well, very kind of you to say it's, uh, you know, I always enjoy our conversations and you're, uh, you know, a big inspiration to me. So I appreciate you. <laughs> well, your constant drawing inspires me to draw more. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. <laughs> I'll keep doing it then. <laughs> it was great to talk to you, Marissa. Same. All right. Very nice. <laughs> Bye. Bye, Scott. <laughs>